Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Our sin always looks so much worse on somebody else than it does us. And that's why Jesus addressed it. He said, before you try to get that speck of pride out of your brother's eye, why don't you first remove the telephone pole of pride in your own? How do you know what pride smells like? Because you smell it on yourself. How do you know what pride looks like? Because you wear it yourself. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Proverbs. Sometimes it can be easy to see the sin within others, but not within yourself. In today's message from Pastor J.D., he teaches you to examine yourself before you examine the lives of others. Look and remove the log in your own eye first before pointing out the speck in others. Pastor J.D. reminds you to stay humble. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Proverbs chapter 4 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. I don't know if you notice this or not, but there's sort of a progression here. And Solomon, interestingly, it, it will always start with the heart. Then he talks about the mouth, and then the lips, and then the eyes, and then the feet. Why? Because (laughs) going astray in the wrong way will always start in the heart. That's why in verse 23 we are admonished, exhorted, warned that we need to guard our heart. Why? Because out of it flow the issues of life. In other words, it will always start in the heart. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 15, beginning at verse 17. He's having this dialogue with the disciples about what makes someone unclean. And he says, don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body. I mean, this is a biological fact, okay? Without going into too much detail. You get the point, right? It's not what goes into the mouth. It's what comes out of the mouth. He says, the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart. And these defile them. And then he goes on to list some of those defiling things that come from our hearts. He says, verse 19, for out of the heart come evil thoughts. First thing on the list. Well, that's interesting because, wait a minute, I I thought that thoughts come from the mind. No, (laughs) from the heart of man that Jeremiah said is deceitfully wicked. You, you, You have no idea. I mean, this is a, you'll forgive me, a very loose paraphrase. 
But what Jeremiah is saying that the heart of man is so deceitfully wicked, we have no idea how wicked it is. It is beyond repair. That's why we need a new heart. Because out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder. Murder? Yeah. You know, Jesus, it was so stunning to them at that time. I mean, they they could not get their mind around what Jesus was saying when He said that you've heard it said of old, that thou shalt not murder. But I say to you, that if you (laughs) have hatred towards somebody in your heart, you've murdered them. That's murder. Oh, uh, you, you know that according to the law, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say to you, if you have in your heart lust, you've committed adultery. Oh my goodness. In my heart? Yeah, in my heart. You know how sometimes we'll say of someone or to someone, oh, they have such a good heart. No, they don't. They don't. No, they, bless your heart. Listen, I need all the blessing I can get from my heart because my heart is deceitfully wicked. And man cannot know the heart. We cannot see the heart. We see only the outward appearance. But God sees the heart. That should terrify every single one of us here tonight in this Bible study. God sees and knows every thought of the heart, every motive of the heart. <laughs> I mean, this, this list is just horrific. This is what comes out of the heart that defiles us. Evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. Now I want to ask you a question. Don't you think it's interesting that in this list where you have things like murder and adultery, and those are biggies, right? That there's also in that same list false testimony and slander, gossip. Bear with me for a second. You know, we might judge somebody for something in their life. Oh, they have a problem with alcohol. They have a problem with drugs. They have a problem with this. They have a problem with that. And in our piety, in our pride, spiritual pride, the worst, We point the finger of blame all the while. It could be argued that we're more guilty because of the tongue that we have that murders and assassinates the character of that brother or that sister in Christ. I mean, it rises to the level of being included. And and it's not just in the Gospels with the Savior. The Apostle Paul himself has lists in the epistles where he puts in with murder things like division and strife. Why? Because they're equally, if not more so in some cases, 
more destructive. If they're not as destructive, it could be argued that they're even more destructive. I heard one teacher, and, I, and it makes sense to me. I mean, you got a guy, this is a pastor of a very big church. He says, you, we have people here and, and, you know, they're addicted to drugs or they're, you know, drinking alcohol and and we look down on them, but what we don't realize is, is that our gossiping and slandering tongue is causing more damage to this church than their drinking is. Think about that. It's, it's, you know, it's interesting when in, and we're going to get to it in Proverbs, I want to say seven, it could be six, pretty sure it's seven, where we have a list of the things that God hates. God hates? Oh yeah. You mean there's things that God hates? Oh yeah. And you go down this list, and Solomon writes, there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to Him. That's even more, more intense. As if to say, the seventh one on this list is an abomination. God hates all of them, but the seventh one is an abomination. You know what the seventh one is? You ready for it? Wait for it. Those who sow discord amongst the brethren. Here's this guy that is uh, struggling with uh, drinking, and he's in the church, and, and he's, you know, posturing himself before the Lord. Lord, help me. I Deliver me. He's struggling. But he's not assassinating the person sitting next to him. He's not causing discord and division in that church that he's sitting in, like the person with the slanderous tongue, bearing false witness, spreading rumors. Ralph Waldo Emerson famously said, sow a thought and you reap an action. Sow an act and you reap a habit. Sow a habit and you reap a character. Sow a character and you reap a destiny. Boy, and it always will start in the heart. And so here comes this thought, the thought, the evil thought of in your heart. Who do they think they are? Look at them, they're so full of themselves. I always get a kick out of somebody saying, man, that person's so proud. Reminds me of a true story. Guy comes up to this pastor after his sermon and says, brother, you are so full of pride. To which the pastor responded, oh, my, my friend, you, you don't know the half of it. I, I wish, <laughs> I wish that were me. I wish I would have said that. You know how you, you hear stories like that, you think, man, I wish I would have said that. I, I, here's the question I, I would like to ask. You, you think I'm so full of pride? How do you know? How do you know what pride looks like? I'll tell you why. The reason why you can see pride in my life, oh, by the way, it's a speck of pride in my life, is because you have the telephone pole that that speck came from in your life, and that's how you know. You've heard the expression, takes one to know one. You're so full of pride. You know, what is it about us that our sin always looks so much worse on somebody else than it does us? 
And that's why Jesus addressed it. He said, before you try to get that speck of pride out of your brother's eye, why don't you first remove the telephone pole of pride in your own? How do you know what pride smells like? Because you smell it on yourself. How do you know what pride looks like? Because you wear it yourself. It always will start in the heart. I don't know if it can be overstated, but oh, would to God that we would guard our hearts. Keep, I mean, put a guard around them. Protect your heart. Watch very carefully what's in your heart, because what's in your heart is going to come out. If I'm holding a bucket, and I, I walk, and you're walking by me, and you run into me, whatever is in that bucket, when you bump me, is going to come out, right? And isn't that true with us in our Christian lives? If we're full of bitterness, and somebody bumps into us, rubs us the wrong way, what's going to come out? Bitterness. If our hearts are full of anger, what's going to come out? Anger. If our hearts are full of envy and covetousness, what's going to come out? Envy and covetousness. It's going to come out. Chapter 5 is a pretty gnarly chapter, as I'm sure those of you who read ahead to stay ahead know. So let's just try to make our way through it and deal with it. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Lend your ear to my understanding, that you may preserve discretion, and your lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of an immoral woman drip honey. Now by the way, this can be the immoral man too, ladies. Okay? And her mouth is smoother than oil. Now, it's directed more to the man because it's really the man that is more vulnerable when it comes to the immoral woman and the seduction of an immoral woman. Her mouth is smoother than oil, but verse 4, in the end she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lay hold of hell. (laughs) This is pretty in your face, but it needs to be. And here's why, verse 6, lest you ponder her path of life, her ways are unstable. You do not know them. Therefore, hear me now, my children, listen, please, and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Remove your way far from her, and do not go near the door of her house, lest you give your honor to others and your years to the cruel one, lest aliens, verse 10, better understood as foreigners, be filled with your wealth and your labors go to the house of a foreigner. And you mourn at last, verse 11. This is a sad picture that's painted for us here. When your flesh 
and your body are consumed. I believe this is a reference to a sexually transmitted disease. That because of sexual immorality, sexual sin, the flesh and the body are consumed by this sexually transmitted disease. And say, verse 12, how I have hated instruction, and my heart despised correction. I have not obeyed the voice of my teachers, nor inclined my ear to those who instructed me. I was on the verge of total ruin in the midst of the assembly and congregation. In other words, we're talking about somebody that would be seen as being one of God's people. And this is important because I think that we're so quick as Christians to expect the non-Christian who's not regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit to act like they're a Christian. How can they? I mean, how about you before you were saved? The things you did, that's all you knew. I mean, I don't know where we get off on coming down hard on the world and those dirty, rotten, stinking sinners. Well, they need the Savior. (laughs) They need to be saved. Why don't you pray for them, witness to them, instead of be angry at them, come down on them. This is somebody, as we're given this description, that apparently has ruined his life because of his foolish decision with regards to sexual sin. And it seems that it's known throughout the midst of the assembly and the congregation of God's people. Verse 15, drink water from your own cistern and running water from your own well. Should your fountains be dispersed abroad, streams of water in the streets, let them be only your own and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth as a loving deer and a graceful doe. Let her breasts satisfy you at all times, and always be enraptured with her love. For why should you, my son, be enraptured by an immoral woman, and be embraced in the arms of a seductress? For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all his paths. In other words, you might think that nobody is going to find out. Oh, The Lord sees everything. All of your ways are before Him. The eyes of the Lord see everything. Verse 22, His own iniquities entrap the wicked man, and he is caught in the cords of his sin. He shall die, verse 23, for lack of instruction, And in the greatness of his folly, he shall go astray. Boy, chilling, isn't it? How depressing is this, right? 
So what are you going to do, Pastor? You're going to end on this note? No, I have no intentions of ending on that note whatsoever. However, I have to say that this chapter is one that should be met with what I'll call a sanctified discomfort. And I'll explain what I mean by that. This should make us uncomfortable. This should make, as they say, the hairs on the back of our head stand up. What, or what little we have left. I used to have more hairs back there to stand up, not as much now. This should send a chill, a spiritual chill of conviction down the spines of our Christian lives. The touchy topic of sexual sin should so discomfort and disturb us that it produces within us the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I pray that none of us would ever get to that place where our consciences become seared as with a hot iron. You know how it is? especially when it comes to sexual sin. The first time, I mean, you're so convicted. And then the second time, not as much. Third time, not so much. Fourth, fifth, and so on, and so on. And then after a while, it's like a callus. You, you develop a, a callus and you don't feel anything. It's a hardness. Dare I say that pornography today is destroying marriages, it is destroying families, it is destroying the lives of men, it is destroying churches, it's destroying our children at younger and younger ages. But God. God is a gracious and merciful God, and this need not be. We need not live our lives under the crushing guilt and condemnation any longer than it takes us to get to the cross of Jesus Christ. What if I told you, and I direct this chiefly to my brothers in Christ, what if I told you that freedom in Christ from addiction to pornography on the internet is possible? Would you believe me? It's easy to dismiss Old Testament books as ancient texts that hold little meaning for you today. However, there's plenty of application for your life right now in this modern world. The book of Proverbs is one that specifically provides advice, admonishment, and encouragement for your life as a follower of Christ. As you listen to Pastor J.D.'s message today, though, you may have realized that you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. If that's the case, we'd like to encourage you to change that right now. We have a simple guide that will tell you more. Just visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and click on the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. 
This will tell you why it's so important to put your faith in Jesus and how easy it is to start a relationship with Him. We'd love to hear from you too, and we're available to answer any questions you may still have. Please get in touch with us through our contact form on our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you join us for our worship services. Bring your friends and family along too. It's a great time of fellowship and learning about God with Pastor JD. Be sure to let us know that you're a listener of In Spirit and Truth when you visit. Find out more about Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Thanks for being part of our study here today. We hope you'll tune in again to continue studying the truths found in the book of Proverbs, right here on In Spirit and Truth. Truth, truth.